What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly review podcast. That's right. There you are locked in and tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. Of course, we are always coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we will be reviewing the brand new DC Studios film, Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Before we jump into that, I'm your host, Rich, and unfortunately, the nerds are not all here. Ron is not with us today because he had to put on his cape once again and save the uh, greater city of Binghamton. So, uh, unfortunately, he will not be with us, but in studio is the man that doesn't need an introduction, yet has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Diesel Malenko because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger-bearded feller. I give to you, Diesel. Taste the rainbow, mother... Yeah, I loved it. You know what the funny part is? The first time I saw that movie, I actually, when she, she initially throws the skills, this is no spoilers. I, I, I said to, I said to uh, Ken, who was sitting next to me, I go, taste the rainbow, motherfucker. And then later <laughs> on when she drops the line, I'm like, great minds think alike. <laughs> great minds think alike. Of course, that's not a spoiler for, for the movie, Shazam. I just wanted to throw out a little fun story there. But uh, Diesel, uh, you've had a rough week. Had a, had a really rough week. I don't think you have to go into as, as much detail as you did with the patrons, but yep. go ahead, speak on it. Uh, we uh, had a stomach bug, and it put me out of commission for a couple days to the point where I couldn't go see the movie with you guys on Thursday night, but luckily you were gracious enough to go with me last night, uh, Saturday night, to uh, see Shazam! Fury of the Gods. I spent two days home from work and just in a vicious cycle of evacuating, napping, not trusting farts, evacuating, Shower, sleep, evacuating. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. miserable. Uh, I've had a pretty basic week. This was my one last week where I don't, I'm not super, super busy. I mean, obviously work and stuff, but like next weekend I have like hell weekend and the weekend after that's WrestleMania. And so there's a lot of podcasting, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I was uh, lucky enough to do an interview with uh, Ken M uh, for 607 TWS on behalf of the Nerd Initiative uh, with the fine folks from the Monster Factory uh, television show on Apple Plus TV last week. So you can check that out. Uh, search for 607 TWS. You can hear the article. Uh, you can hear the interview there but there's also an article that ken m did so go to odphpodcast.com underneath uh, his part you know his i do believe blocks count anywhere on the parlay points he uh hits that up man it's a great stuff and also in it is the linked version of that as well also the nerd initiative website as well has it so it was a lot of fun so i got to do that this past week on top of that i've obviously went to see shazam not once but twice the you know i went with diesel and uh that doesn't mean you know anything it just means i went to the movie twice yeah. i just want to throw that out to people just to people are like well if he went twice he's got to love it that doesn't necessarily <laughs> gotta remember that sometimes i have to go because diesel couldn't make or sometimes i take my kid because he didn't go so you can't read too much into it although we'll get to that when we hit the review and then also i kind of just relaxed like i said i got a busy weekend coming up and i got a busier week after that it's it's fucking crazy it's it really is it's a busy time of year for me but uh we are coming to you we're recording just peek behind the curtain. We are recording earlier than we normally record on Mondays. We are recording on a Sunday morning. We're going to dive into that more during the uh, the weird tri- Diesel's movie triple stuff that we'll get to in a second. But... 
before we can get to that, hopefully you guys all had wonderful weeks and I hope your upcoming weeks are wonderful as well, but we need to hit into some shameless plugs. So if you would like to find out any information at all about the three FN podcast, it's simple. Go to three FN podcast.com there. You will find our social media links. You will also find the, the T public link. You'll also find the Patreon link, patreon.com slash three FN podcast for as little as $1 a month to get a ton of extra bonus content and help support the show. Also, while you're there, you can check out the links for 607 TWS and this show, the three FN podcast there. You can stream them from the website, find out extra stuff. It's all right there in your one stop shop. While you're there, check out the friends of the show. You'll, that'll take you over to odphpodcast.com because the odph is there. Also, there's a musical directory to give a shout out to the bands that support us by allowing us to use their music. And first of all, let's shout out, shout at the robots whose song Fail Better is the theme song for the 3FN podcast. Support them and all those other bands on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. Get their links at 3FNpodcast.com. And last, but certainly not least, while there, there is a sponsor section. That sponsor section features all of the great people who help us bring this show to you commercial-free each and every week. But we're going to give them a quick shout-out right now. First of all, our main sponsor, Dragon Master Games, located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. Also, a local sponsor here in the 607, and if you're in the 607 and you would like to make your car looks showroom fresh take it to rex to rods auto detailing diesel who do they call for an appointment simple you just dial 607-644-3389 when you're ready to put the pride back into your ride and tell them the 3fn podcast sent you also we have our good friends at sci-fi horror fest going down august 25th and 26th in vernon new york new york at the vernon downs casino uh check out all information including celebrity guests vendors and so much more including getting tickets at sci-fi horrorfest.com and last but not least let's talk about the official energy drink of the 3fn podcast that is dubby energy go to w.gg that's d-u-b-b-y.gg and at checkout Put in the promo code 3FNPOD, that's the number 3FNPOD for 10% off. And guess what? If you like what you get, you can use that promo code 3FNPOD every time for 10% off. Thanks, W Energy Drinks. I think I jinxed myself last week, Diesel. I was, I was tripping a little bit there. <laughs> I was tripping, my, uh, you know. Sometimes, some is. I, I'm going to blame it on the recording early in the oh. morning. We're not usually recording this early. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little early yeah, for a Sunday. So we promise we'll explain that to you. But you know what? I I love this music so much that let's hit them with the music first. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to Diesel's movie. Ripple stuff. Or not so triple stuff. We got an exciting box office this week. I'm sure we will. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of which, so basically what's happening is that uh, Diesel, uh, this has happened now the second year in a row, Diesel is running Dragon Master Games for the next uh, couple weeks as of Tuesday. So if you would like to come in and say hi to Diesel if you're in the 607, please do so. If you would like to place any orders at DragonMasterGames.com, go ahead and leave the little note there to say thank you to Diesel and stuff, and we'll uh, I'll get him some stickers, and you can he'll send some stickers to you as well. So there you go, a little bonus. Uh, so, but, but please, please, please order responsibly don't don't drive diesel nuts but uh with that 
uh, we wanted to get the shows out of the way earlier. So this week, we are reviewing Shazam! Fury of the Gods. We saw it this week. We're just recording a little earlier. For those of you at home, you're still going to get the show on Tuesday. So you're like, well, how did you record earlier? We didn't get it. We're still putting it out at the same time. So don't you fret. You guys aren't going to think anything happened. We're just explaining why you're not getting the full triple stuff. Next week, the 3FN Movie Club Review will be celebrating a 25th anniversary because it's the 25th anniversary of The Big Lebowski. So we're going to review that. And we're also recording that as we're recording this, but you guys will get it that following Tuesday. So just so it's a peek behind the curtain. So you'll also not get a Diesel's Movie Triple stuff there at all because obviously <laughs> we don't know anything's going to happen in the future. Originally, we, me and Diesel, were going to review John Wick 4. However, uh, he, did, he could not make himself a Available for three plus hours uh, due to running the store. Yeah. It's just not possible. So there's no way we didn't want to give you a half ass review. So instead, we're doing the 25th anniversary because 1998 was the year. And actually, this is the month that the Big Lebowski came out as well. So it's going to be a, a good fucking time overall. So you guys are going to get that. And then the following week, we will finally be back live, although Diesel will not be with us. That, that is the episode where Diesel is going to miss, and that'll be for Dungeons & Dragons. So there's the next three weeks of 3FM Movie Club. Back after that, we will be back on regular schedule. Everything is out of the way. So we just want to give you that heads up that because we enjoy you know, letting you guys know what's going on. So we're not giving you the box office or any of that great stuff, but we are going to give you a top three this week. Yep. This week is your top three favorite wing flavors. Yes, buffalo wing flavors. Just so those folks that don't just call them wings, they call them buffalo wings, you know, because obviously locally we just call them wings. Uh, so my number three, and it's 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 one of those things that I love a good Asian one. So teriyaki. Mm -hmm. Teriyaki wings are delicious. I love that. I love the Asian flair to it. My number two favorite wing of all time is called different things at different places. Some people call it gold barbecue. Some people call it honey gold. Some people call it, uh, there's a bunch of different names. It's fancy names. Basically, Country gold, gold rush. It's, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so basically what it is, is, is barbecue sauce and honey mustard mixed together. And it's actually fucking delicious. Yeah. Uh, some places better than others, but that's what it is. And last but certainly not least, my number one is going to be a little more basic. This is my go-to order though, because I love this. And it is, hot garlic so what they do locally is it's the hot sauce and then they take minced garlic and mix it in with the hot sauce and toss your wings so you get minced garlic in there it's delicious it cuts down on some of the kick while still giving it that nice garlicky flavor those are my top three diesel what's your top three all right coming in at number three we're going with the most basic of basics when it comes to buffalo wings, I like me a good mild wing. Oh, yes. Diesel's not very spicy. I, I do enjoy spice, but for whatever reason, I actually just prefer the flavor of a good mild wing. Then once we get to the more spicier category, I do love me an Asian flair as well. The red chili, the sweet chili. Ooh, that's a good one. Sweet very chili good. sauce is amazing on a chicken wing. Uh, and recently, quick side note. I know a bar near B is introducing General Sow Wings. Really? I mean, I, I'm interested uh, to try Yeah, that. the one right by my house. I oh. might have to try it soon. I might have to go in there. I've, I've not been there yet, and uh, so I'm not going to give them a free plug until <laughs> I go in there, but uh, I haven't gone in there, but I've heard the food's good, so yep. we should do that. We should plan on going there for dinner one night. And then my absolute number one is your, uh, your, your intro to this. I am a sucker for a good teriyaki wing. <laughs> oh, man. Teriyaki so good. It's so good. By the way, if you want to know why Buffalo Wings came up this week, uh, patreon.com slash 3FN podcast. I know it's a cheap plug, but for a dollar, it's a dollar a month, and you guys get bonus content, you help support the show, and you get a bunch of extra stuff. Uh, you can find out Diesel's really cringy, you know, why he was sick. Uh, well, not why he was sick, but 
how deep it went and also uh, our Buffalo wing talk. Yep. Uh, so with that, <laughs> folks, that's going to do it for this week's Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff. It is now time to dive right into... Welcome to... 3 Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, food certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. All right, it is now time for this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. And this week, we are watching DC Studios' brand new film, Shazam! Fury of the Gods. For those of you who might be new joining us or who uh, you know forgot for whatever reason the format of the show, I'm going to give you a quick reminder. Uh, we, the first part of this, you do not have to worry. If you're worried about spoilers, you're not going to get a spoiled in the first half. The first half is going to be all spoiler-free. We're going to talk about the synopsis of the film, the budget of the film, all that stuff, who's in the film, who made the film, all that great stuff. And then, and then and only then, will we take a break. After the break, we're going to come back Play the spoiler alert and give one final warning before going into our full spoiler review of Shazam and then ending with our scores of Shazam. So if you do not want the movie spoiled, that is perfectly fine. It will not be spoiled by us at this time. Diesel, are you ready to jump into the world of Shazam? Shazam. Fury of the Gods. So Shazam Fury of the Gods uh, came out on March 17, 2023. So good old St. Patty's Day. Uh, the runtime of the movie was 130 minutes long. And of course, with that, the budget of the film was $125 million. Obviously, we already gave you that we're not recording after the official box office, but there is an estimated box office. Diesel, the estimated box office for Shazam... Fury of the Gods, $30 million. I want to throw this out there. Uh, I don't blame this movie. You'll hear our reviews in a minute. We'll get our spoiler-free thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down recommendation. We're not going to jump ahead to it. Uh, And you'll also get the full-on review. I will say, I think that a lot of this, actually, I'm going to blame most of the bad box office on the fact of two things. For one... It's going to be on HBO Max within 49 days. I think that's the normal time frame. And then for two, not just because of that, but two, with all the things going on with DC Studios ending the DCEU, and this was one of the last DCEU movies, I think that fans went, why do I need to see a movie if we don't even know if Zachary Levy is going to be back as Shazam? We might be losing all these characters. Why am I worried about this Shazam when there is no concrete... Uh, set in stone that they're going to be moving forward with this Shazam. I think James Gunn made a big mistake here in his vagueness and not giving the fans like even to this day, like there's people reporting all oh, that Zachary Levy's done, but Zachary Levy was on the internet. So wasn't James Gunn going, well, nobody said that. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just confirm for the movie's sake that, hey, we, you know what? We're going to bring him back. Shazam is coming back or nope, Shazam isn't coming back because I feel like one way or the other, uh, you know, if you say that he's coming back, I feel like more people would have gone to see this movie. I feel like that was a big misstep yeah. because I really think people were like, hey, if he's going to be gone, we might as well just watch it on HBO Max. It doesn't matter to pay money because he's going to be gone. Your thoughts? Is that right? Or do you have anything else you'd like to add? I agree with that. Like if they would have said like. Zachary Levy is continuing with Shazam in this new universe. It probably would have been like, all right, so what happens here is actually going to matter to what happens in the events of the flash to do the reset. We, 
it's that weird like you got to give it some attention so it can grow and especially if the success of the first one it did really well it's a lesser known lesser popular character for the big screen but i think they had something here and they dropped the ball yeah i definitely think that there was a big mistake by james gunn dc studios and warner brothers discovery as a whole on this because i think that that's really why this underperformed because i didn't you know the little spoiler without scores, I didn't think this movie was bad. Yeah. So I can tell you it wasn't a bad movie. I don't want to give too much away, but I can tell you that it wasn't worth only making $30 million <laughs> opening weekend. Uh, let's go, uh, you know, like every story, it has a, a story to tell, and let's go to that spoiler-free synopsis. Man, I got a story to tell. And there's only one on IMDb, and it's their generated one, so <laughs> you're going to love this, Diesel. Uh, the film continues the story of teenage Billy Batson, who, upon re- uh, reciting the magic word, Shazam! is transformed into his adult superhero alter ego Shazam. <laughs> yep. That is legit the plot line, Diesel. <laughs> it is 100% accurate, but that's yeah, that's what this movie's about 100%. Let's we can't do any better. Let's go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. That was that was kind of nuts. Oof. Yeah. All right, let's find out who made the movie. <laughs> who made this shit? All right, first of all, I want to point this out. This is a little a note here. We don't usually go over producers, but it was noted that Peter Saffron production was involved with this movie. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know if that's just already DC Studios getting involved or, you know, this Peter Saffron was doing it previous anyway, so it's kind of interesting. Uh, let's talk about the director, though. The director of this movie was David F. Samberg. His first movie that he did, like full-length movie, that is, uh, 2016's Lights Out. Uh, he would come back for Annabelle Creation in 2017. He would then do Shazam! in 2019 before doing I Flip You Off for four hours in 2020. By the way, this was David F. Sandberg just flipping off the camera for four hours. Okay. I shit you not. High art. Yeah, you might want to go check it out. By the way, it's like rated like 8.5 on IMDb. Huh. It's a weird day we live in. And of course, uh, the last movie he did before, of course, Shazam being the latest, The Culling in 2022. Uh, like I said, it's kind of weird that this dude came from the world of horror over yeah. into Shazam and hey, listen, I like the first one. Like I said, the second one's not bad. We'll get to that further later. Good job. Uh, with screenplay, two people. Uh, Henry Gaiden uh, was the first, his first full-length movie he wrote, Earth to Echo, in 2014. He was also one of the script writers for Shazam in 2019. And then uh, most recently before, of course, Shazam, There's Someone Inside Your House in 2021. The other writer on this is Chris Morgan. Uh, this guy's done some work, but he's known most for one thing, but we'll get to that last, because he's first full-length movie, Cellular in 2004, Wanted in 2008, 47 Ronin in 2013. Now, here's what he's famous for. He has penned every Fast and the Furious movie since Tokyo Drift. So, every one of them. So, Fast and the Furious... Uh, Fast and Furious, sorry, that was one of them. You know, the Fast Five, uh, Shaw, uh, Hobbs and Shaw, all of them. He has penned them all. The new one coming out, penned them all. Since yeah. three. So he didn't do the first two. So arguably the good ones. Oh, oh, zinger for anybody who's a uh, Fast and Furious fan. Oh, he can write a family movie. That's for goddamn sure. And it makes a, one of the lines in this movie stick out even more. Yep. I know who wrote it. <laughs> uh, next up, director of photography. Uh, it, I'm going to, and I hopefully I don't butcher this poor man's name. Gula Pados. Uh, and uh, his first American movie was The Heart of Me in 2002. And then he did uh, Basis, Basic Instinct in 2006. Predators in 2010, and then he went back and forth between two series over the next few years. So he was the DP for Maze Runner, The Scorch Trials, 
in 2015. Then Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle in 2017. He would come back to do Maze Runner, The Death Cure in 2018. And then would come back most recently to do Jumanji, The Next Level in 2019 before doing Shazam, Fury of the God. So, you know, he's pretty good with the camera as far as big budget, kind of crazy, you know, CGI, computer generated stuff. It's a very clean looking, very like bright movie. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's found his niche, so he does it really well. Yes, I agree completely. Now that we've gotten who made the movie out of the way, let's find out who starred in the movie. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? All right, so what we're going to do here, because there's so many people in this movie that we have to shout out, we're going to actually do it very, uh, you know, like usually we do like the four or five biggest actors of the movie and we break down some of their career stuff, et cetera, et cetera. No. In this case, we are literally going to just kind of give the IMDb votes like we do for everybody because there's just so many people. That doesn't mean that any of these people are less worthy. It's just we have to get through a lot. Because <laughs> if you think about it, there is five main superheroes and they have a child version and an adult version. And I would like to give them all shout outs. So let's start off with the big star of this movie, as we know. And that, of course, would be Zachary Levy. And uh, you know him from the show Chuck. You know him from his voice from Tangled. He was in Thor, uh, The Dark World. <laughs> amongst, uh, He probably would like you to forget about God. that. Uh, Night at the, mu- the latest Night at the Museum movie. And, of course, Shazam, the original. So... Everybody knows who Zachary Levy is. Playing the uh, younger version of Billy Batson would be Asher Angel. Uh, and, of course, he has done the Shazam movie. Andy Mack, he's in the new Shazam movie. And most recently, he was uh, in Darby of the Dead. Uh, that was on uh, the Disney Channel. Uh, next up, let's talk about one of my favorite people in, in this movie, period. And that is Jack, uh, Jack Dylan Grazer, who plays Freddie Freeman. Yes, the young Freddie Freeman. And, of course, you would remember him from Eddie from It. In It Chapter 2, he plays the young Eddie in both of those movies. Okay. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, he was the voice of Alberto in Luca. And, of course, Shazam and Shazam Fear of the Gods. I'm a big fan. I think he's got great, great comedic timing. Superhero version of Freddy, who is known as, uh, did you catch what his superhero name was? Uh, Captain Every Power. That is right. Uh, is played by Adam Brody. Of course, a lot of people remember him from the OC from back in the day. But you would also remember him from Mr. and Mrs. Smith in the land of women. And most and one of the movies I really liked him in, Ready or Not. Oh, I thought we were going with Grind. No, we did not go with Grind, but he was oh. also in Scream as a party guest. Yep. Uh, and yes, he was in Grind. Yes, I. but like I said, I was going, he was also in Jay and Silent Bob reboot yep. amongst a ton of other movies. Like, if you don't know who Adam Brody is, I don't know what to tell you. He's, he's. I like, I love, some people don't love Adam Brody. I love Adam Brody. He, he, he was in the OC. He he took that role and then he did not take himself too seriously. He was like, yeah, I'm, I'm the hot guy. And he was like, I'm. I'm into other stuff, and like I love Adam Brody. I think he's great. So let's yeah. kick into some of these. Some more of the superheroes will stay there. Uh, we have playing uh, Pedro, uh, the young Pedro, Jovan Armand. Uh, of course, he's been in both Shazam films. He's also been in Snowfall. And when he is a superhero, he is played by DJ Cortrona. And DJ Cotrona is was in GI Joe uh, Retaliate or what is it Retaliation uh, Venom. He was in the first Venom film, and also uh, Shazam and Dear John. 
So, I mean, he's been in a lot of yep. great stuff. Uh, let's go over to our good buddy, Eugene. Uh, child version of Eugene is played by Ian Chen, and he was in A Dog's Journey, uh, the first Shazam movie as well. And his adult version was played by Ross Butler. And you might remember Ross Butler from To All the Boys I Once Loved, uh, Raya and the Dragon, 13 Reasons Why, and then, of course, the first Shazam film as well. Uh, let's jump over to the one character, and this is going to become something I talk about during the spoiler full part. But one character who plays both her, her herself and her superhero version, and that is Grace Caroline Curry, who in this movie plays Mary Abrumfield. Uh, she was also in Fall, Annabelle Creation, and she was on the show Revenge as well as, of course, the first uh, Shazam. So she was the only one that played both her superhero and her. Yeah. Uh, child, if you will, version. So let's go over to superhero Darla because she comes up first. It was played by Megan Good. You know Megan Good from Brick. Uh, Think Like a Man, Unborn. Of course, she was in the first uh, Shazam as well. Her child portion was played by Faith Herman. And uh, Faith, you might also know her from not only just the first Shazam, but The Flourish and This Is Us. Uh, so a nice little uh, career for her as well. And I do believe that rounds out finally our superheroes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> See why I had to go like this. So now let's talk about our villains. And playing Calypso is the talented and wonderful legendary Lucy Liu. Of course, you know her from the original Charlie's Angels movies, Kill Bills Volume 1 and 2, Chicago, uh, Dude, what don't you know Lucy Liu yeah. from? If you don't know Lucy Liu at this point in juncture, I don't know why we're here. Playing Hespora is Helen Marin, and uh, I would say probably the most all well-rounded actress in this whole thing because yeah. well, she's a fucking legend. Yeah, Helen uh, Marin's a icon of the industry. I mean, let's just talk about some of the things she's known for. She played the Queen in the Queen. Yeah, she was in Gosford Park, Red Hitchcock. Her her her, her thing goes. Her, 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 I can't sit here and name all of her movies. Yeah, her, she's got a career that goes dates back to what the '60s, I think. It is the 1960s. She's been in 140 yeah. projects. <laughs> I mean, Helen Mirren. A tremendous actress deserves all of the credit in the world. And let's talk about the last villain, if you will. And I use quotations there because uh, if you stay on, you'll know why. And that would be Rachel Zegler playing Athea, Anthea, sorry, who's also known as Anne during this movie. Uh, she was in the West. She played Maria in West Side Story not that long ago. Yep. In the, the, so big ones for that. She played Snow White in the Snow White. Uh, well, she's going to be playing, sorry, Snow White in the Snow White live action film. And then she was also in the Hunger Games. She's done some big things. Big things from that young lady. Rachel Ziegler and Seven Midgets, count me in. I, I'm also counted in. Don't don't you worry. And I'm going to butcher the name. And I am, I'm, unfortunately, because I love this man. And I love him in every movie he is in. And I, I so I apologize wholeheartedly. But it's Jamon Hansui. Jamon Hansu. Hansu. Thank Hansu. you. I think it's so Hansu. Jamon Hansu. It is a it is a silent D as in Django. <laughs> uh, so I did not call him De Jamon. But it's Jamon Hansu. Yeah. Han, yeah, Hansu? Hansu. I like it. Uh, you probably did it way better than me. So I do apologize if I busted. But I love this oh, guy. Yeah, he is great. Dude, there is not a movie that he's in that I do not love him in. By the way, you would know him most. The biggest movie he ever did where he broke out was Amistad. Yeah. Uh, he was also in America, Blood Diamond, Guardians of the Galaxy, because he plays Koroth in that movie, if you remember. He was in the first Shazam movie as well as uh, he was also in Black Adam as the same role as the wizard. So I'm a big, big fan of his. 
Uh, I can't say enough good stuff about him. Uh, let's talk about the parents before we move on, because then we'd be... Oh, actually, there's one other person we have to talk about besides the parents, because we just love the person. But uh, um, Marta Milans plays Rosa Vasquez in this movie. You might know her from High Maintenance, No Tomorrow, of course, the first Shazam movie, and her husband giving us all hope out there, because when you see that sexy Marta, oh. and she's with Cooper Andrews, Victor Vasquez, it makes me go... How my, It makes me understand how my marriage happened. Oh. Honestly, it does make me understand how my marriage happened folks but yeah cooper andrews i'm a big fan of his as well uh you remember him from den of thieves uh he was on the walking dead uh halt and catch fire and of course the first shazam as well i think he's a tremendous actor i love his comedic timing yeah he was great and last but not least and it was almost the guy i almost forgot and not on purpose because we love him but playing mr geckel again diedrich bader uh, i can't mention a movie without mentioning him of course you would know diedrich bader from office space napoleon dynamite jay and silent bob strike back of course i think most people would know him from the drew carey show yeah. uh would that would you consider that his biggest role yeah well yeah yeah without a doubt but yes he's been in a ton of stuff of course for me and diesel we love him in jay and silent bob strike back yep uh but diedrich bader's tr- tremendous and he's also in this movie and in the dc universe Batman himself, the yes. voice of Batman Brave and the Bold. Yes, Batman Brave and the Bold, Diedrich Bader, man. He's, he's <laughs> doing a whole bunch of crossover work. We love us some Diedrich Bader, folks. All right, that's going to bring us to the spoiler-free thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down recommendation, Diesel, with a spoiler-free why. What is yours for Shazam, Fury of the Gods? I right, definitely give this a thumbs up. This was one of the more refreshing movies that we've seen, with, with the exception of like Cocaine Bear, which we all loved. It's been a rough go of movies lately, and this was the first one where I was like, I really like this. So I, I give it a huge thumbs up. I am going to second what Diesel just said and give it a thumbs up. I thought this was a lot of a fun. This was a fun movie. It doesn't necessarily have to be a great movie. This was definitely one of the better DCEU films of all time. DC Studios, whatever you want to call it now, films. I mean, maybe they'll knock it out of the park with some future ones, but oh boy. Yeah. And that bar set low, So, but trust me, I had a lot of fun. Just like the first Shazam movie, I thought it was cute and a lot of fun. Yep. Uh, I did like it, so I will give it a thumbs up. That is going to do it for the spoiler-free portion, and that's also going to do it for the first half of the show. We are going to take a break. When we come back from the break, we are going to give our spoiler full review for Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Hey, this is Bill Tash from Obscure Form. You can follow me on Facebook at Obscure Form. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Bill Tash. Check me out on Spotify or help me out on Bandcamp at Obscure Form. You are listening to the 3FN Podcast. as you because I'm not like super old like you but I think I have a few experiences that you don't have because I've seen all of the Fast and the Furious movies lady and let me tell you something it's all about family that is right he has seen all the Fast and the Furious movies and of course if you remember one of the writers on this film has wrote a lot of Fast and the Furious <laughs> films so like I said that is the line and it just so happens to me there was the clip for it on the internet it doesn't ruin anything it explains a lot doesn't it Diesel mm-hmm. it explains a lot well 
We are back for the second half of this week's 3FN podcast. More importantly, the second half of the 3FN Movie Club review for Shazam! Fury of the Gods and Diesel. We are about to jump into the spoiler zone. So, if you have not seen Shazam! Fury of the Gods and you do not want the movie spoiled... This is the time to stop the podcast and come back later after you've seen the movie and finish listening to what we thought. However, if you do not care about the movie being spoiled or already have seen it, it is now getting into the time for the spoiler full review. But first, the spoilers begin right about... Now, and now we are in the spoiler full zone, so we are going to be talking spoilers. We're going to break this movie down. I don't really think we need to go scene by scene. We're going to kind of skip around a little bit, but we'll give you the just kind of in order. Uh, Shazam! Fury of the Gods, man. Uh, What can I say? This is a movie. I don't think that... So, I guess it kind of opens a little hot, and I think that's been like the new punch word for us. Movies that are opening hot. For some reason, and I'm not mad about this. I feel like the 2023, end of 2022, beginning of 2023, movies can be summarized as going, let's open the movie hot and heavy. Yeah, let's get right to it. Most of the movies we've seen open up hot, and this one also does. We open up in Greece, right down the road from the Pantheon, where there's this beautiful museum, by the way. I don't know if that's a real museum or not. I did not look into it, so I kind of feel bad. But uh, we open up where we have a, for some reason, an American tour guide (laughs) uh, giving people lessons on this staff. If you remember, this is the staff from the first Shazam film. It's now here. It's broken, because remember, he breaks it over his knee, throws it on the ground. Well, he never picked the fucking thing up, so now it's here. So now we have these two. They didn't even look like Greek soldiers. They look like Roman soldiers marching up to the case and they start banging on it, and they then push the glass off and it shatters and there's all these people going crazy before revealing that it is in fact our two of our villains of course calypso and hespera uh, of course they are uh the two of the sisters we'll find out there's more wink wink nod nod and uh they get the they get their godlike powers back from touching said staff and they do what, Diesel? They it, this uh, it did start off pretty cool because once they get their powers back, you know, guards try to stop them. But now they get their powers back, and Calypso has this really cool power where she can whisper into somebody's ears and make them do pretty much anything. And pretty much this opening scene turns into what what feels like a zombie scene. She infects one, and they just go around like infecting everybody else yes and they're being violent towards one another it's kind of crazy and then the tour guide you know begs for his life and that's where we see hespera's powers and her powers are the elements yep so she disintegrates all of the statues of atlas by the way we're going to find out they're the daughters of atlas so it makes sense so all these statues of atlas and other gods they disintegrate and there's a cloud storm and when the cloud dust settles all of the people are now statues. Yeah, they're, they've been Pompeyed. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, it looks straight out like Pompeii. And that's where we get like the opening of the movie, pretty much. Yep. And we go from the title card into our hero, Shazam, laying on the couch of a psychiatrist who ends up just being a pediatrician. Yeah. And the movie kicks off from there. That's why I said there's a lot that we're not going to come over because there's a lot that doesn't kind of... In the grander scheme of things, I don't want to say throw away or doesn't matter 
but it doesn't matter, (laughs) you know, for what we're doing here as a review. Uh, Shortly thereafter, we get to find out what everybody's been up to. All, you know, the the other four uh, superheroes of this film, remember the Shazam family, the Marvels, if you go by the actual term uh, from the comic books. And we're seeing what they're up to and and everything that's going on. And here's where I want to point out was one of the scenes that I thought that they could take out. I'm going to say this, and I know we're going to have a discussion about it, because while they're at home, uh, they get a report that there's a structure failing, which ends up being the uh, the, the Ben Franklin Bridge in, in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where the movie takes place. Well, not where it was shot, but where it takes place. <laughs> so uh, there's a fa- there's a sort of failure. So they think it's time to, to tell everybody that it's a uh, beautiful day in Philadelphia, which is their code name to go fight crime. Yeah. So they become, you know, the Shazams, if you will, because we'll call them what they are in this universe. And they start saving people from the bridge. And then the bridge still ends up collapsing. Yeah. But they actually saved 162 people, so yep. nobody gets hurt. Yep. There's just a ton of property damage, but again, not caused by... Th- actions of them so it's not like they were fighting a battle and through their actions damaged the bridge which then caused this it's just the Brent Franklin needed some upgrades <laughs> well this is here's my one of my problems with it we do find out that they're called the Philadelphia fiascos yeah uh, that's what the media has dubbed them so here's my biggest problem with the bridge scene alone there is like it's not tied into the villains of this movie at all like there's never a time where it's like oh the villains weakened the bridge and that's why this happened and this was our introduction nope nope there, for some reason, without giving explanation, the fr- the bridge just fails. Yeah. Just fails. And once again, like, I thought that the media would be like, oh, man, they saved all these people because it didn't look like that bridge was going to last anyways. There was <laughs> nothing they could really do. But there's no time where, but instead they blame them for the bridge collapsing. And I'm like, but you should have given us a scene. Like, give us a scene because we've done this before. It's, it, you know, Shazam is very comedy based as far as the first one, and even in this one. Yeah. So why didn't you give us a scene where fucking Zachary Levy's character standing there and like, oh, let's fix the bridge and leans on the wrong thing or yeah. something. Or, oh, like, oh, look at, we did a good job. Now we just got to fix the bridge. And he puts his head on it. And then if the bridge, you know, the next thing you know, we see the bridge collapse. Yeah. Or show him like doing something on the bridge, like trying to fight crime for some reason let's say he uses his you know like his energy blast and it hits something that causes this nope none of that it's just bridge is going (laughs) right right so for me i just didn't i mean i didn't hate it i just didn't like it you know what i mean i thought that and i'm gonna get to where you could have replaced that scene you could have made it shorter and replaced that scene with something better in a second my other thing is i want to bring this up now because this is the first time we see the shazams and this is something that is that bugged me in this movie and i understand movie logic however Here's why, and I'm, and I'm marking away with major points, but here's where, in, in movies, I go like this. In, in the world, there's rules, right? But there's rules in movies. And the rules of the movies do not have to match the rules of the world. So, you know, we could be like, well, how does, you know, the killer is bigger in, than it is in, like, the screen movie? And you're like, well... In theory, that is just kind of like us watching the movie. That's part of the movie. I mean, I guess they could do a better job of it, but it is it is just us watching the movie. So I don't match us. But when you violate the rules of your own world, it kind of bothers me. And here's the biggest one that bothered me. And I don't know if it bothered you, Diesel. I don't know if you've even thought about this. So when you have Mary, Mary is, is the character and the superhero. Yep. And she's very hot. Yeah. I will say that. She's old enough. She's hot. Okay. So Mary is the superhero and she's the character. So I get like Pedro, Eugene, and Darla. They're all young and they could grow up to turn into their their superhero selves. Because the rule states, so here's how I'm seeing the rule of the world. 
if Mary is herself, because she's already over 18, I think in the movie she's over 21, because remember she goes to the eye doctor, yeah. which is, she went out drinking with her friends. So I think she's over 21 in the movie. So therefore, you can expose from that that the superhero version, yes, they're all muscled up and stuff and have powers, but they should look like them, correct? Yeah. That would be the rule that you would take. So maybe Darla, Pedro, and Eugene are going to grow up to look like their superhero. Okay. Now, explain to me, Freddy, and Shazam. And the reason why is that we find out that in a, in a month's time, that young Billy Batson is going to be 18. He's going to age out. So he's, he's going to be an adult. Technically. Yeah. We also find out through dialogue in this movie at some point that Freddie is only a month younger than Billy. So he'll be 18 in two months. Yeah. I know that we go through some more change, a little more changes, but from at 18, you kind of look like what you're going to yeah. look like. I want to point out the fact, and I know maybe I'm looking too much in there, that Asher and Hell and Zachary Levy look nothing alike. Even better, Freddie and the character that plays him, Jack Dylan Grazer, does not look like Adam Brody. Yeah. So in your world, and mind you, this did not take me out of the movie, folks. I just want to bring it up. In your world, you've established that Mary looks like Mary as an adult because well, the other ones are kids and they have to look like adults. But Mary's already an adult, so she looks like herself. However, the other two characters who are almost adults look almost totally different than what they look as children, if you will. Yeah. Devil's Advocate, I think the Shazam powers gives you the power to look what you could be at your best as an adult. And I think Mary is already at her best. She is trying. She's a good person. It didn't take me out, but I see where you're coming from. And then once you mentioned, like, Billy's only a month away and then Freddie's only a month behind that, like, I don't think there's, like, a strict cutoff at, like, 18. But, yeah, they should look a little bit more like their alter egos because they're starting to bridge that gap now. Right. But, yeah. So, I think the mistake that was made here in this world, I think that they should have made the characters younger. Mm. I think Billy should have been 16, 15, 16, yeah. and same with Freddy. Yeah. Because the other characters are all under that anyways. Yeah. So, if you did that, then you'd take care of that problem. Yeah. And then you could still have Mary as whatever. Because the, the whole thing is that they're, that's possible what they're going to look like. Yeah. And their characters don't look enough like... And, and once again, I love it... it this does not affect what I feel about the movie. It's just something that went on in my head while watching the movie. Like, this makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Like, they don't look anything like Adrian Brody or Zachary Levy. Yeah. And and men, meanwhile, these are the guys who they're supposed to be. I, I don't know. Once again, did not take me out of the movie, though. I do want to point that out. It was just a little side rant for you, because that's what we do here. <laughs> so now we find out that, uh, because the important part about this and the reason why the 18 keeps coming out is because Zachary Levy, Billy Batson, uh, is upset. Actually, both characters are upset or playing upset because now they finally have a family when, you know, the storyline is that they never had anybody. Everybody always leaves them. And now they know that they're going to age out yeah. and they're trying as hard as they can to keep the family together and kind of smothering the family. So therefore, whether they're in superhero form or regular form, so that way they can keep what they are. Now, at the same time, though, what this is where I do deduct a point at the same time, talk about rules. He still has not called Rosa mom yet because that's a big part of the storyline. And my thing is, if you're trying so hard to keep the family together, I, 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 I want to hear the devil's advocate. I don't deduct a point because later on when that comes full circle and he does, I, I welled up a little bit. I was like, that was a, I knew it was coming. Ready? I knew it was coming. I saw what they were trying to do. I usually hate when I see it coming. I love that moment. All right. I will say this. <laughs> 
I give it more points than I deduct for where it ends. <laughs> but I do say that it's kind of fucking weird that that is yeah. like the, that is the main crux oh. of the character's uh, mental being right now. And yet it still isn't kind of followed exactly. I, I can actually see his point, though, of not like he doesn't want to call her mom. He doesn't want to call him dad because when he ages out and he's no longer a part of that family because he's being fostered. It's just going to make it hurt that much more. So he he's he wants to keep everything together, but he's also building up the walls so he can stop himself from being hurt. You know what? I, I like yeah. that. That's a good explanation. Yeah. But I'm, I just thought it was kind of weird yeah. that, the, that the really the center driving yeah. piece of this one this movie is this tying in a family and being overbearing. Yeah. And that's kind of like the arc that you're going to follow throughout the movie. So in the meantime, we feel like there's rebellion because whenever that happens, there's kind of rebellion. You know, Eugene is the science nerd who's trying to map out the entire rock of eternity. Yep. Uh, you know, Darla is still a little girl at the end of the day. Adorable. Pure innocence, adorable. Like, adorable in both. And I, I got to give it credit. Yeah. The adult actor that plays her. Plays it perfectly. Oh, my God. Like, I cannot say enough about Megan Good. Yeah. She plays the role as an adult, she plays the role of this innocent 10-year-old yeah. to perfection. Yeah. She does childhood innocence in the most brilliant way ever. And it's awesome. I got to give all the credit in the world for that. You know, Mary has got a job. She wants to go to college. He's not. He's trying not to let her go to college. He doesn't even want her to go to a job. But she's like, hey, I need to bring money in the house. They don't get a check for me anymore because I aged out. Yeah. They're not going to kick us out. But, you know, I yeah. want us to help support because this is our family. Yeah, I aged out. You're going to age, get aged out soon. Freddie's going to get aged out a month later, so they're going to stop getting checks for three of us. That means there's only getting checks for three. There's a lot of bills to take care of six kids and you know two adults. Pedro is dealing with his sexuality. I love that. I thought that was a great storyline. So at the beginning, he's watching his mom talk to him into watching baseball, and he's like, yeah, I can get into this. And he's looking at the magazine of the shirtless outfielder, yeah. and he's like, oh, yeah, Pedro, get it. But Pedro's <laughs> dealing with his sexuality, and then you have that leaves Freddie, and Freddie wants to be, he's named himself Captain Every Power. Yep. And he wants to be a star. Like he wants, basically he, he wants to be the star hero. You know, he's the smart mouth kid who gets bullied on. And then he's also this superhero and he wants to be a badass yeah. superhero. And so now we find out that the wizard is locked up in the, uh, God's world. Yeah. Mount Olympus essentially. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's closed off from our realm because they, they sealed it from power, from magic. And now that he finds out that the two of the two sisters that we know of uh, have powers back because they have the staff. And of course, he's like Billy Batson. Yeah. You know, that's a recurring theme. Yeah. So, so when he snapped the staff in the first movie, that's when the barrier was broke. Right. And so now they want him to mend the staff so they can get the power back. Of course, they use their powers to force him to do so. And. In the meantime, he gets a little slither that so he can send off a message, which leads off to one of the funnier parts of this film. Yeah, but for the lighthearted family style comic book movie, that was one of the sickest things I've seen. Was Pulling him the splinter out? Digging the splinter out from underneath his nail. <laughs> oh, that creeped me out so much. I'm like, it just felt so out of place. I understand why they did it, you know, so that he still had a piece of that magic. But, oh, boy, was that disgusting. That that one had me cringing in the seat. <laughs> that is hilarious. Uh, so, yes. Now we end up, we, we end up with uh, a dream sequence. He tells, him the, he tells the thing to send a message to the person who's done this. Uh, and, of course, that person is Billy Batson. So he's having a, we don't know it at the time. <laughs> we come back to a scene, and in this scene, 
he's at a uh, at a restaurant that's overlooking the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. And he's talking to somebody that we can't see. And he's like, oh, you know, this is so sweet. He brought me here. And I know it's kind of, it's got to be romantic. So we got big plates and small food. And, and he's like, and it's very nice, but I don't know. I don't know if I, 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 I can be with you because I have trust issues and I don't know where it's going to go because everybody leaves me. And the person gets up to walk away. So then you see the back of their, their costume and it's Wonder Woman yeah. from the back. And he says, you know, he stops and they're like, I know they want us to be together. And at one time he calls Shazam. Shazam. <laughs> like, like uh, it's hilarious. And he's like, well, maybe I'll give it a chance. And then he's like, she turns around, but she still can't see her face. You can see a bag of red. And she goes, he goes, maybe we should seal it with a kiss. And he does this really annoying, like chomping on a uh, breath mint. Breath and he goes in for the kiss. And when he goes in for the kiss, it's the wizard. <laughs> it's the wizard's face on Wonder Woman's body, which I did not know I needed that in my life. Oh, it was so hilarious. <laughs> and so it ends up being that we find out that uh, she's going in to, you know, he's coming there to tell him, hey, you fucked up. The sisters of Atlas are coming for you. You fucked up. And I regret ever making you the world's champion. And from there, we end up going to him waking up. So we find out it's a fucking dream. Yeah. And it's kind of so it's kind of funny. I did like I did like that sequence. And he finds that uh, there is no Freddy in the room, even though his uh, uh, little lightning thing explodes in yeah. the room. And so Freddy is gone. Freddy's wandering the streets, we find out. And he's looking, he's listening to the crime uh, scanner. scanner and trying to find a crime to, to break. And this is where I'm going to go and what I would have done different. As you know, I like the fantasy book here. And then he puts Sabotage by the Beastie Boys onto his uh, iPhone before saying Shazam and becoming, you know, uh, Captain Every, Every Power. And he starts flying around the city. Now, they cut it off, and we it cuts into him just getting slapped, dumped onto his tray at lunchtime. I say instead of the bridge scene, we should have gotten a montage to sabotage of him fighting crime. I would have liked it better. Yeah. Uh, quick question. With the little the glowy ball thing that blew up, was that impending doom because of the dream, or was that because Freddy Shazammed up and the electricity struck the house? Okay, so here's what I was I'm, just like unsure on that. Okay, so here's what I think. I think it was. Uh, remember when the uh, when the dream wakes, he wakes up from the dream. The wizard's getting shocked because I think they've discovered yeah. that he was doing it. I think some of that residual energy came on exploded because when we see Freddy, he's not Shazam yet. So I think he's shimmied down the house, not as Shazam because. If he would have yelled Shazam, it would have woke him up. Because that's what I thought. I was like, oh, because think about it. If he says Shazam and the lightning strikes him, there's no way he's sleeping through it or anybody's yeah. sleeping through it. So I think that what he did was he climbed out the window, shimmied down the house. Because when we see Freddy, he's in Freddy form while he's yeah. walking down the alley and then says Shazam. Okay. So I think that, I think that, that's just personally my belief. Because at first I was like, how the fuck did he get out of there? I'm like, well, he obviously turned to Shazam and flew. And I'm like, but he couldn't have. Because that would have woke everybody up. Yeah, but they, the father did say that the house had been struck ten times by lightning. Right, but it, I, I, that would have woke Billy yeah. up. But Billy would have known exactly yeah. what happened, you know. And, and of course, he's being overbearing, so he would have gone yeah. after him. Is my assumption. The only Shazam together. You can't go off on your own. Again, All or none. Trying to keep that family together. All or none is how he puts it. So. We go to the school and we see Anne again because we, we skipped over the part where she, he meets Anne. So new Freddy, girl in school. Freddie meets the new girl Anne and the two bullies from the first movie are back and they're you know talking to Anne and of course he makes jokes and I laugh my ass off because he's like oh they got it all they have you know all the chlamydia you know <laughs> plenty to give <laughs> plenty to give and she's laughing and they're like embarrassed and he they go ahead and they're gonna put him in the garbage can and he literally goes wait a minute guys you don't want to put me there isn't that your brand <laughs> like. 
Even when they're bending his shit and fucking him up, yeah. he's still talking shit. I love I love that part of Freddy. And Diedrich Bader comes to save the day. Oh, yeah. And then he ends up walking Anne to class. So the reason why that's important is because at that lunch scene, he goes and sits with Anne and takes her to the table where he met Superman. From Remember from the yeah. first movie at the end? That is, that's where she takes. So they're eating, they're going to eat lunch together and they're talking about having overbearing siblings. She has an overbearing sister. He he has an overbearing brother who's Billy. And then Billy's, me- in response to Billy's message him, and then all of a sudden Billy's there. Billy's like, I need to talk to you. So they go outside to talk and he's talking about the Sisters of Atlas and how we need to make, you know, be at the rock. Freddie, don't miss it. Be at the rock. We're having a family meeting. And of course, he's like, oh, I'm not going to. And then he mentions in the end, oh, she has an overbearing sister. I think you guys would get along just great. So it's kind of a little shot. And of course, Freddie is not at the rock. Yeah. So here we find out about the Sisters of Atlas because we get introduced to one of my favorite characters <laughs> and they're not even in the body and it's Steve. Steve. Steve is a pen. <laughs> Steve writes, is a magic pen that writes. He looks like a Steve. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> so Steve tells them where they find books about who everybody is and they they go, they go find out and we find out that the Sisters of Atlas are the daughters of the Titan Atlas yep. and the, the god Nyx and they're there to, you know, they're basically, their power was taken when their father's staff was enclosed in it. And during this, we also get the little joke about Solo Man. The wisdom, of, uh, we, we're, you're missing that one. Do I have what? The wisdom of Solo Man? Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's Solomon, by the way. <sighs> uh, so then they turned around and uh, we find out that there's three sisters. This is where we find out. And Anthea is one of them. And he goes, Anne, and puts two and two together. So in the meantime, Anne and Freddie are on the roof. And Freddie asks if she wants to meet a superhero. So he ends up turning into... Uh, captain everything and sneaks around so it's not like in front of her and you know is on behalf of him and then she doesn't have like the standard reaction that you would think you'd think like typical tropes that oh she's gonna fall in love with captain everything and that's gonna put like a dilemma it's gonna be like the lowest uh, falling in love with superman but clark's right there the entire time nope she is concerned about freddie's safety at this point yes which makes him think because obviously he's captain every every power yeah. makes him think that she's in love with him and meanwhile it's because her sisters are coming and they zap him and we find out she finds out the secret he is you know yeah. it's freddy yeah. it's 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 he's got the power cuz now he has no powers yep at all and they end up making off with him while encasing philadelphia in a bubble pretty much i'm skipping over some things but it's not well, really one thing oh, we sorry. can't skip over the teacher played by Dietrich oh. bader uh, comes up to the roof. Hey, what are you guys doing up here? Calypso whispers in his ear and probably like one of the most heartbreaking moments of the fucking movie. He fucking just gets talked to and walks off the building and splat. And she even makes her. I, I forget that they burst like that. It's almost like grapes. Uh, that one was like, oh, I mean, they don't show like they show him walk off the building, but they don't show the impact. But you're just like. Oh, fuck. Like, he was a good person in this franchise. Just his character was a good person. So that one that would kind of hurt. So now Philadelphia's in case of in Dome. Obviously, I'm assuming the writers of this film saw WandaVision and were like, oh, Dome, around the city. <laughs> as, as, as close to that as you're saying, I was just going under the Dome from uh, the CBS show. Same too. <laughs> I, you know, you could, you could draw either one. I just was staying in the comic book realm. Yep, yep. So anyways, now, but here's the fucked up part about this Dome. Okay, I just want to throw this out there because I do want to say oh. this. First of all, there's 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 some 
bad at this. So when the dome goes up, people are crashing into it. When the dome shrinks in, it doesn't hurt anything, which is weird. I think there's a reason for it because I think again later on we're just I'm jumping, but like later on the dome encloses. I think Hespera has the power to like it's sort of like the Fortnite map closing down i think she has the power to like have it sort of like face her stuff okay so i, I was able to mentally write that off like because i thought the same thing because dome goes up people are crashing into it you're fucked dome closes and i think and she passes could, through somebody even she i think she willingly made it that way okay so here's what i'm gonna give you i didn't never deduct the points for it because i'm like it's magic <laughs> So I, it explains away with the rules, yeah. okay? But it still was weird. Yeah, it, it, I, I had to do mental gymnastics to try to like make that work for me. Here's the part that I don't really excuse. It's only, it is pot armor at its finest. This whole dome is here for the third act. It never plays a part in any other part of this movie. Because think about it. when they Even when they bring the Tree of Life, which we're going to talk about in a minute, even when the Tree of Life comes, Philadelphia is moving on with their day. Even though they're cut off from society. Think about it. People are still going to work and people are still shopping. Yeah. Think about it. Everybody's having a grand old day. It doesn't matter that they're cut off. They can't leave Philadelphia because it's entrapped in this bubble. The only other thing we see is when it's on the news. Just to show us that nobody can leave the bubble and nobody can get in the bubble. But it never plays a part in this movie until the end of the movie. So it is the greatest piece of plot armor possibly in cinematic movie history. It, it, Tell me I'm wrong. Argue your point if you I'm, want. I'm, there's no point to argue. I completely didn't even acknowledge that because when the dome goes up, they didn't make a huge deal out of it. Like the fact of like, you know, you got the government coming in to investigate. They, they showed none of that. So the fact that the movie just continues and Philadelphia is just going along, like you can still get a sandwich. My favorite part is <laughs> even when we get right before it shrinks down, like there is only one helicopter or going around the dome. <laughs> yeah. like, like you would think there'd be a ton of military helicopters trying to break in. There would be news helicopters watching the military. Yeah. There's one helicopter. And the only other mentions that we get of the dome and it's, a, and it's always an afterthought is in dialogue yeah. because it'll be like, okay, We'll trade you our powers for Freddy. Oh, and take down the dome. Yeah. And then it's like later on, no, we're going to trade you for Freddy. And you guys are never coming back. And then all of a sudden he forgets and Darling's got to go and take down the dome. Oh, yeah. And take down the dome. Yeah. It's 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 always treated as an afterthought, even in dialogue. And I understand that's on purpose. Yeah. And the reason why is they just want to let you know that the dome is there because it's going to play a part in the third act. <laughs> wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Nod, nod. And that's all it is. It, so in its in its essence, it is a gigantic piece of plot armor. Yeah, it really is. So anyways, we have this dome now over Philadelphia. They have Freddy. Freddy's going back and he's, he's imprisoned with the wizard. And this is where the movie starts to really, really pick up in, in my estimation. So skipping over some things, but giving it to you. Uh, Freddy and the wizard's journey gets them landed. Uh, first of all, we find out how strong Freddy's mind is. I, I think that the reason behind it too, by the way, so multiple times in this movie, because we're going to talk about another one coming up with the dragon. Uh, but even in this case where she tries to infect him with, because she has chaos magic is what they technically call yeah. it. The Esper, uh, Ka uh, Calypso whispering in people's ears. It doesn't work on Freddy right away. He's in pain. He's fighting it off. Yeah. But it, I kind of tie it into because of his uh, disability. Because I feel like he's probably in. We've, they don't mention it much in this movie, but in the first movie, they mentioned a lot how much pain he's in from, you know, because he has to use the cane. He can't walk normal, you know. So they mentioned. I think it's built up strength in his mind. Yeah, I think he's 
through his what he perceives as being broken physically, he put up these mental barriers where he is mentally as strong as he can be because he has this physical disability. And also he was abandoned. He yeah. was an orphan. You know, so I think that like between all the fucked up shit that's happened to him, plus his physical disability, I think he's he's stronger than what most people. Because yeah. that's going to come into a play. They never explain it. I wish they would have explained that yeah. a little better because it was really cool. So she tries to get in his head to get, give the names of the other champions, the other children, if you will. And at the same time, they send a, send the sisters a letter that Steve writes. And of course, Steve writes whatever they dictate. So the letter's all over the fucking place. <laughs> great. It, it was funny. This was brilliant writing because it's... They are writing... Steve is just writing down what they're saying. Do we need to proofread this? Nah, it is just everything is being taken down. You're just like, that's fucking hilarious. That was was great. I loved it. I did. (laughs) So they end up throwing, uh, of course, Freddie's taking shots at Anne, being like, uh, there's only one person who's a liar here. That's on brand for you. (laughs) So they end up throwing them in the pit. And that's where we get introduced to the dragon the first time. And right before the dragon can harm or kill both the wizard and Freddy, uh, Athena uses her powers, which is basically some weird fucking like inception kind yeah. of like world moving shit. Like, Doctor Strange, the visual effects that they you call see. call it Axis. Yeah, she's got the power of the Axis, and it's pretty much, yeah, inception, Doctor Strange's, you know, mirror uh, world type shit. Really cool looking and. When you break it down, like the daughter's uh, power of access, you know, longitude, latitude, all that, power of elements, and then the power of chaos, like it, it was kind of cool. I, I did dig that she was that, so she could like get them away from danger and put them in a different part of like that world. I dug it, but once again, taking out that bridge scene and a couple other scenes that didn't matter, you could have actually added in when they were reading through the books and they give their powers so you would better understand as yeah. a viewer because it's kind of like we still don't really understand what's happening when she enters somebody's head with their with their words. Yeah. I mean, Hespera, we understand because the elements, she just control, she can move, she can make things move. Like she can control like, like you know, heat up stuff, heat up stuff, cause fire, uh, you know, disrupt things like so anything that's around you, she can control because of the elements. And like, so I get that one. But the other two, which are look cool. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I'm not complaining about the powers. I wish they would have just been like, oh, this is what this power is. So that way you could understand it because there is going to be a plot hole with Anne's powers. She's got the reality stone. That's okay. all you got to put it. <laughs> but I'm just saying, remind me, I, I'm going to save this when we go into the final act. There is a fucking plot hole with the answer thing. So, here comes the uh, the the pit. They're going to go now to Earth because they need the seed. The seed is the golden apple from the tree of life, so they can plant a new tree of life and bring back their realm. Yeah. So, in the process of all of this, Anne saves them, and then she says, "Hey, this is a labyrinth. At the center of the labyrinth is the door to your to your land. Take that. Go to go." And uh, basically tells them the directions. And then we have another cutesy moment between Freddie and Anne, which I didn't mind all those moments because yeah. it's kind of fun and it does pay off. So uh, now we have the wizard and Freddie trying to get to the door, and now we have the rest of the the Shazam family uh, trying to trap. Setting up a meeting with Hespera and trying to trap her so we can make a barter. <laughs> and so they, they, they have cheesesteaks. We played the clip where he's talking about family, and that's where they have a little fight. Uh, Calypso shows up but gets dealt with right away after getting Pedro, takes Pedro's powers, but Eugene just blasts her through a fucking wall, so she's pretty yeah. much done. And then there's a little fight between Hespera and uh, Darla, Mary, and Billy. 
and at the end of the day, they capture her. And they capture her a little too easy because she's just trying to get to the rocket attorney anyway so she can get the seed, and she does. Yeah. So as the wizard and Freddy are going to leave the the god realm, they, Hespera and... Uh, uh, Calypso are coming back with the seed. Yeah, they got the apple, the black apple that was right on the table next to Steve the entire time. Goes into her hand, all the oxidation falls off. There's a golden apple underneath. So they go into their little chamber and have an argument, and Freddy and the wizard go back because they're like, oh, man, we got to stop this. This is not good. Yeah. Because basically the wizard points that out. So we get a funny scene where Freddy's like, your knees are too too noisy, so I'm the only thief that is going to make it over there. Because <laughs> they're trying to steal the apple. Yeah, they got to get the apple back, and yeah, your knees crack every time you walk. And then he's like, stands up and a couple of little pops you hear, and he's like, oh, man, the goddamn cripple kid's got to do this better than me. By the way, I love, I love his roles and everything with the, the kid. Yeah. fucking hilarious. He makes it over there because they're arguing because Calypso wants to make the humans pay, so she wants to plant on our planet and destroy Earth. And the other two are like, no, 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 we're just rebuilding our realm. That's what we're supposed to be yeah. doing. And so there's this big argument, and Freddy gets the apple, but then uh, after being all stealthy, he knocks over the stand <laughs> the apple is on. <laughs> so they know he's there. So just when we think that, you know, Freddy's going to get it and die, there's the burning violin. It's on the Rock of Eternity and nobody can figure it out, by the way. (laughs) Plot armor because they mentioned it for no reason during the movie. It was was a cool call. But it was funny. And it was funny because that's how they distract. So, of course, Billy gets the staff. Well, Shazam, sorry. Gets the staff. We should probably call him by his his superhero name. And he goes to toss it to... (laughs) After getting it by tricking them and mocking him, he tosses it the weakest he could to Freddy and it gets intercepted again by Calypso. (laughs) But it's close enough and you just hear the wizard go... Your cane! So he touches the cane to and yells Shazam and he gets his powers yeah. back because it goes back through. So then they get the fuck out of Dodge. But now uh, Calypso gets the dragon and is not playing by her sister's rules and follows them in. So this is when we get the big reveal for the parents that their kids are superheroes. Yeah. Well, and we get the big reveal that Hesperos was the, the leader the entire time. Now Calypso has taken the role. I, I We're doing my plan. You would think that you got this plan that you've been working on for millennia. You're going to have something in place for the goddamn god of chaos. (laughs) The wild card. You have to factor in the wild card. This will play in later. (laughs) Yeah. So once we get to this, we're we're hot and heavy now in the third act. The the, the dragon ends up destroying the house that we find out that they bought. Uh, The parents now know that the kids are all the Shazam family. It explains all the lightning strikes. Yeah. They end up fleeing to a uh, junkyard to talk, and then uh, they get filed by Calypso and the Dragon, where you end up with uh, a couple more Eugene and Darla lose their powers, and then, of course, Freddy loses his powers yet again. Yep. <laughs> so oh. now, all, and Shazam steals the apple, but, well, in the meantime, when they were on the planet, they steal the apple, and then he distracts and throws it to Mary, who flies away. Yep. So now she's being chased by the dragon. Eventually, she gets zapped in the air and loses her power, so she starts falling the earth. She had the apple, and the apple starts falling the earth. They see, the mother sees it first. Shazam goes after, and you're like, okay, who's he going for? Of course, he saves Mary. I I, th- I saw what they were going with. That. I think they could. They made us misstep there where they... What's he going to? Obviously, you know he's going to save his sister. Right, so right, yeah. I it know. was like there was there was no they choice. Were trying like, to give you, they were trying to give you the illusion he was going to choose one or the other. Yeah, I thought like they needed to explain that a little bit more to understand why. Like, if he gets that apple, does he immediately know to like destroy it or like he can end it all right here? They didn't say that that would happen, so it was like a weird choice to be like, 
Panto one to the other was like, you know, he's going to save his sister. Right. <laughs> like, so he saves Mary. Uh, that means Calypso gets the apple. And then she plants the apple at the Philadelphia Phillies stadium. <laughs> the only thing it's ever been useful for. Hi-yo. <laughs> and uh, that creates the tree of life. And the tree of life spurns from it. What, Diesel? This weird amalgamation of a tree that just its roots start going all over the city, going up buildings going everywhere and then starts putting out these little pods these little pods that will birth the life of mythical beings centaurs harpies all this miniatures chimera all of it it's all there so in the meantime now nobody has powers but shazam they go to this garage where this really nice scene happens we're going to come back with points here because basically shazam's like take the powers back to the wizard wizard's like listen i didn't choose wrong you might not be smart in the head but you are smart of the heart yeah your heart is wise and you know what you're doing you're you know how to beat this and you're going to do it and in the before he leaves we have the moment with the mom where she's like i want to see billy so he turns back into billy and she, you know, tells him, you know, to go kick butt and stuff and gives him a hug and everything. And he's like, I love you, mom. So we get that scene before he transforms back into Shazam yeah. and goes to save the day. And now we have all these things. So they're driving. So we have the, the battle wagon, which has got, you know, Victor's driving it. The kids and the wizard are in it. <laughs> yeah, he's just life. trying to get into the, the thick of things. He's right. like the battle wagon. Right. That's why battle I said wagon. the battle wagon. <laughs> and then you have Shazam fighting Calypso and the dragon. So we get a nice little scene. There's a battle between them, but it doesn't go his way fully, but it helps him go, oh, this is what I need to do. There's there's certain things he learns. He learns that the staff is a battery. So therefore, every time he fires energy at it, it absorbs the energy. So therefore, he's like, oh, so that's going to come into play later. So he's starting to think about things. And then at the same time, uh, they ask Steve, what monsters are scared of and monsters are scared of the king of the beasts and as soon as it says that they're like lions and all of a sudden the wizard goes unicorns they're terrible they're the worst oh they're so cute they're not what you think they are <laughs> they're the they're, they're, they hate humans they're the worst so where do you find unicorns they're like dark cavernous and uh, they, what are they like dark cavernous places and ambrosia so they go and find a caverned out like it was a uh, like a parking garage. Yeah, parking garage. But it sounds like it looks like a cavern because of all the things that are on it. And just so happens that a unicorn hatches. But these unicorns are completely black and they look this. They look they look beast gnarly. They are gnarly. And so of course we have Darla, sweet little Darla, who's like, "Come here, girl. Come here, girl. It's okay. You can come here." So this thing, the wizards stuff. is like, "No, you don't want to be doing this, little girl." So this thing stops his foot, and you know it's mad. And it comes charging at this little girl and right when it gets to the point where you get toward it she unleashes a handful of skittles into the air pocket skittles which we we didn't mention earlier beginning of the movie mary's kind of upset at darla because her pants are ruined why did you put skittles in my pocket yes so pocket skittles stops this tremendous the king of beasts in its tracks <laughs> and it bends down and it starts eating the skittles <laughs> And then it eats Skittles out of Darla's hand and allows her to pet it. And then it calls for other unicorns. <laughs> so eventually we get this scene of the unicorns, uh, like the monsters are destroying things and everything. And all of a sudden one smells something. And then here's the rumbling. And here comes up them riding a pack of unicorns. And the unicorns are just fucking monsters up. And then they're running from the unicorns. In the meantime, too, Calypso has uh, stolen uh, Anthea's powers. And we are getting to the... Mm. I'm glad... I, first of all, well, not only does she steal her powers, but right before that, she kills Hespera. She kills well, Hespera. the dragon kills Hespera. And then she steals Anne's powers. Now, here's the plot hole. 
So Anthea, when she fires the thing at her, she does her axis trick. And then she's, so she's miles away. And somehow this beam followed her. When every other time it's shot, it's a linear shot because it doesn't chase after people. That's how they dodge it. So it's a somehow it's a linear shot. And then she stands there and stares at this blue beam as it hits her. Like this, that part of the movie, I'm sorry, I can't forgive it. Sorry, I can't forgive it. So I noticed this and I was just like, for whatever reason, it didn't have the same effect on me. I was like, I just figure, all right, she's getting more and more powerful. She's taking all these powers back from these other things. Earlier linear shots. Now they're heat-seeking missiles. I I forgave it. Yeah, but I, they're not heat-seeking missiles later. <laughs> yeah, so know. the problem is this: they created a like up to this point. Honestly, plot armor was in the movie, but up to this point, there was like no big plot holes. This was it. You could drive a fucking Mack truck through this plot hole, and I'm just going, fuck. And mind you, it didn't take me out of the movie, so it's not like it destroys the movie. But I'm just like, couldn't we have found a better way to like have her still lose her powers? Because the first part of it is a, it's never been heat seeking. But the second part is she literally <laughs> stares and no, know, she knows what the fuck it is. She like sees it in the reflection of the the mirror that's in front of her, the mirrored building in front of and her. And it's now. in real time, so she's staring at this thing for like 20 seconds, and all she has to do is step to the side, like because it's linear. She could literally just run over like 10 feet, and it would miss her. Yeah, but instead. She just stands there, and then it comes through and blasts her, and then she loses her powers. She loses her powers. The little cool little things on her hands disappear. Uh, Freddy's been chasing powerless and throughout the city who can't hear him. We get back to like another parking garage, and I thought they made a misstep on this. Okay. Was everyone like he can't yell loud enough for her to uh, hear him? As the dragon finally comes back in, they needed the shot of him, you know, hobbling through as everyone's running through. Yeah. Showing, again, how strong he actually is internally, how brave he is, and all the good things. And have her see that. Because they didn't actually show that part. And I think they needed to do that. So the power of this dragon is interesting. Because <laughs> this dragon, obviously, a normal dragon. It's made of wood. It flies. but it, And it breathes fire. But it also excretes something that causes fear in mortals. Yeah, it emanates fear. So, and basically a crippling fear. So it is locked on because Calypso says, kill the traitor, talking about her sister. And it locks on to her, and she's, uh, you know, they get blue eyes from the, I don't know if it's just from the reflection or yeah, whatever. It, I never got it, but it's fine. It's not, I'm not upset about it. And she's crumpled to the ground in fear, and Freddy is fighting through, and even Calypso goes, I don't know how he does, he's doing this. Because yeah. once again, he's, he's fighting through all of this, and they're trying to fight it off, and just right as, right, and I have no problem with this, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right as it's about to eat them. All of a sudden, it gets tugged back. <laughs> just just a few feet. <laughs> and, of course, it's Shazam. And he just looks and he's like, I, I think wood is a weird flex, but uh, and, 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 and obviously a flaw. But, hey, whatever. And he's like, hey, and Or what is what is he's, he's basically was like, he's like, don't do that, guys. Don't do it. And she's like, she looks away and he fucking takes and uses his quick speed to take the, the, the staff. He goes, that's twice, lady. That's twice that I've made you like, you want this staff? Come get it. I didn't even have to use a flaming... Uh, uh, violin. violin again. <laughs> he's like, he's just Freddie and Ann, no. And she turns her head and he just takes it. So she chases him back. And before this, he brings back Hespera. He uses the lightning to kind of clear. And she comes back to life. And they make a plan that you can't hear. So as they come back to the Philly Stadium where the tree is, uh, he's being flanked. 
And when they get there, Hespera starts close. Once again, here finally comes the big plot armor, closes in the bubble because we discover that what he wants to do is overcharge the staff, which will fucking make a boomy, make it a bomb, and it will be strong enough to kill Calypso and the fucking dragon and, and, and the tree so it can take out everything and everything go back to normal. And she tells him, well, if you do that, it's going to destroy everything inside of the bubble. So they make the bubble smaller. And she's, of course, just on the outside of it and has that cool gangster-ass line as her sister's like, why are you doing I'm going to kill you. She's like, oh, this this will this will stay up until I see you on the other side, sister. <laughs> and the, the dragon's trying to come in. And then we have the moment with him and Freddie and his parents where, you know, before the fight where he's like, you know, I, I you know, I, you, got, you can't be in there. Well, it's too late. This yeah. is where I am. This is the only way. This is the only way. But it's all or none. And he goes, well, it is. It's all of my family will be safe. That's my decision. I've never had a family, you know, I've run. And so it's real emotional, yeah. you know, but all of you will be safe. So yeah. it I is watered a, up. It is. Oh, oh yeah. Cool. It is. It is. By the way, the end of this movie is very much hitched in the feels. So he goes back in and now we get the fight between him and the dragon. Of course, he's throwing lightning bolts. So they'll fucking hit the thing and charge it up. And the dragon's breath is actually charging it up as yeah. they charge his torch. It. It's a really cool fight scene, which finally ends with him jamming the uh, staff into the dragon and yelling Shazam. Yeah. So a bigger explosion and it's just the whole dome just lights up and then everything inside the dome blows up. And then that's when Hespera dies. So the dome comes down and now Freddie and and uh, Rosa and Victor are looking through the rubble trying to find Billy. And of course, they finally find All Billy. All the monsters start dissipating at this point yeah. as well. Everything's turning to leaves. The tree dissipates. Calypso dissipates. The dragon dissipates. Like everything's gone. Yeah. And before the, the, the before Hespera dies, she says he really was a, a warrior and a god. So, you know, she earns respect for Billy Batson, a.k.a. Uh, Shazam. <laughs> they find Billy. He's dead. And of course, we got that's the scene that really got me because Freddie's like, okay, this is where you tell me, you know, it's a, you know, I got gotcha. you. All right, asshole. All right, you got me. Yeah. And then finally he realizes it's not a joke. Yeah. And he's like, you can't be gone. And like, there's this whole emotional scene. And the wizard and the other kids make their way back and, uh, and says, you know, how, you know, he's a hero and a god. And uh, the wizard says that he deserves to be buried like a god. So they go back to Olympus, and Olympus is looking a little better. They plant the tree, but the tree is still a little ragged. But they plant it, and it's looking a little better. It's not quite up to par, but it's it's looking better. And they bury him below the tree. Yeah. And they say, well, will this place always look like this? Darla says, will this always be like this? And he goes, well, unfortunately, the only thing that could ignite the staff and the powers to bring this place back is a god, and there is no more gods. Athena lost her power, or Anthena, sorry, Anthea lost her powers, and Calypso and Hesper are dead. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we get what music, Diesel? <laughs> we, we get we get the, the iconic... The iconic... Wonder Woman music, and we get the, sh the the back shot like we had in the restaurant. We don't see her. We see the outfit. At first, and then, of course, the camera does turn. It is Gal Gadot yeah. as Wonder Woman for the last time, from what I understand. Yeah, unless, that was a cool reveal. Unless I, she does show up in the Flash movie, but this is this is technically possibly the last time we see yeah. Gal Gadot as, as Wonder Woman. I, I was wondering if they, like, once they did the reveal without the head, I was like, do, do they just do it like this? Because I, I would not have hated that. If they just show, but once they did the face reveal, you're just like, all right, cool. We got Gal Gadot back. So basically Wonder Woman says, hey, no, there's, there is one God left because she is a God technically. <laughs> so she takes the staff, she plunges in the ground and the power comes, the power of Zeus goes into it. 
and it sparks and everything starts growing and it's nice and uh, you know it's rehealing the god realm it doesn't it takes time to reheal it completely we yeah. find out later but it's rehealing it and now that's going on all of a sudden we get a hand out of the grave and i love the kids reaction it's a zombie <laughs> <laughs> but no of course because of god powers a god returns yeah and it's shazam and as he comes out we get the moment between him and gal gadot where he's got a spider stuck in his teeth yeah and uh, he's trying to hit on gal gadot with the creepiest light of all time i know that i have uh, the power of uh, your father running through me but that doesn't mean we're related it's, it's, it's not weird it's not weird <laughs> uh, so awkwardly hitting on the hottest woman in the world she's <laughs> like she's like yeah no no I, i'm almost 18 and stick to stick to doing what you do best and saving the world you're good and she walks away and and so we get the scene where who wants their powers back? And then we get the nice little scene at the end. This yeah. is nice uh, where they're at the house. They're fixing up the house. And as they're fixing up the house, we uh, get a doorbell ring. And it just happens to be the wizard. But he's got a new look. He looks great. <laughs> Fucking all that gnarly beard. The hair is gone. He's looking suave. He's almost looking like a pimp with that blue suit. Like he is looking smooth. <laughs> it's great. Uh, it, I, I I thought it was amazing. Uh, it was a lot of fun. They give the hug, a little emotions, and then you know we go to the end of the movie, the first part. So we do have two scenes to talk about. So at the end of the movie, anything you want to talk about, likes or dislikes from the actual movie itself? I, I thought it was fun. There was definitely major plot holes or plot armor, but in the feel good family style superhero movie, I loved it. Like it hit you on all the feels with the uh, accepting finally tearing down the walls and accepting that yes this is my mother these are my f this is my family like the whole traditional fucking fast and the furious it's all about family those key moments hit really hard uh we were talking before about how this was freddy's movie this was 100 percent freddy's movie like his storyline and his arc about you know not wanting to be a broken person and what that's why he wants to do the things that he does was I thought beautiful. And then like the him stepping in the face of the dragon, you know, the dragon's breath roaring and everyone's frozen in fear and he is still moving. Like I thought he had a great story. So I enjoyed all these aspects of the movie. Yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting. So now let's talk like I said, I think we went I went through all my stuff during the actual thing. Let's talk about the bonus scenes. So see bonus scene one, because there's two. Uh, so in the first end credit scene, we see two people that you would be familiar with if you watch Peacemaker, uh, because we see Amelia Harcourt, played by Jennifer Holland, and John Akonmos, played by Steve Aggie, and they are walking down a forested road, and of course, he's complaining about his feet hurting, yeah. and she's like, well, if you wore better shoes, and it's a whole thing. Well, why are we? Well, we don't want to spook this guy off. I heard he's he, uh, Amanda, or, or, or Waller, sorry, yeah, Waller. talking about Amanda Waller, said that this guy is the most powerful being. However, uh, he's a little immature. So what do we see? We see Shazam shooting cans and bottles off of a, like an Finger old guns. rundown, yeah, off of an old rundown gas station. Yeah in the middle of the woods <laughs> and so they come up on him and you know they say billy batson and of course i love his response yes i mean no i but that that sounds like somebody who's really cool and i'd like to meet him and stunningly handsome i'd like to meet him <laughs> and they were like we know who you are we want to know if you want to join the justice oh yes yes absolutely okay he's like and he mentioned something about wonder woman and he's like no and they're like so you're part of the justice society wait, wait a minute is that the one with wonder woman why are you obsessed with Wonder Woman, dude? 
And he's like, no. And she was like, is this guy for real? And he was like, Justice Society. So we get to the end, and the real fun scene is like, after she leaves, and he's like, could you, uh, the other guy's like, could you bring the car around and, and say, you know, because my feet are hurt. She's basically, he's like, listen, I, I don't want to judge you guys, but why would you use the name Justice when you already have one that starts with Justice? Why can't you, like, let's go to thesaurus.time. You know, you could have done anything. You could have done, you know, like, the, the code of Justice. Well, that doesn't sound as good. Ooh, ooh, I like one. The Avengers of Justice. <laughs> and it was just kind of a nice little fun, like, going in there. So, we get to the second one. And the second one's a little more, I think, it would be great if we get a sequel. So, because honestly, it sets it up. Uh, so we'll, we'll explain the scene first, and I'll talk about my thoughts on the second one. So, of course, in the second one, we are in inside of a jail cell, and this is the this is the end credits. We're inside of a jail cell, and there's stuff drawn all over the walls, and we get the reveal that it's Doctor Thaddeus Savannah, who's from the first movie, yep. and uh, he was the villain in the original, and he's sitting there. By the way, he's got a brand new eye. Yep, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's a fake eye, but he's got a brand new eye, and he's sitting there buying his time, and all of a sudden, we get Mister Mind comes back, you know, the worm, and is basically like, "Hey, I got a plan." Hey, you've left me here for two years. I've been saying it's time to leave. And the funniest part of the thing is like, it's going to be great. We're going to, we're going to succeed wherever you are. Everything's going to change, but I got to do one more thing. And the worm fucks off. So it's kind of a fun scene, but bringing them back looks like, Oh, maybe that's where we're going. Continue. Okay. So first movie kid gets these powers, learning how to use them, learning, you know, to accept his family, learning to accept himself. And you have, you know, a villain. We are. We just watched him fight and defeat literal gods. I don't care about taking a step back now. Fucking the doctor's time is over. I don't give a shit. Yeah, but he's only the vehicle for what's to come. So it depends on where they were going. So like, Mister Mind could end up into like Dark Seed if they're depending upon yeah. where they're they're going with the storyline because yeah. that's where it could end up. So then you would have the actual new gods. Yeah. So like. The new gods are more powerful than the old gods, as we know, as far as the comic yeah. books go. So if that's where it's leading to, where one of the new gods, maybe not just Darkseid, but one of the new yeah. gods is the villain for Shazam and other people, which I would assume that they would go with, especially since James Gunn is from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. So I think he wants to put something together. I would assume would want to put something together like that if he's putting anything together to connect things. I think that that could mean big things. And I also think it could mean that we're possibly getting Zachary Levy back continuing to be Shazam. Why is why, once again, it might not happen. They might get rid of him. There's not nothing set in stone. But this is why I think it was a big failure on their behalf and why this is bombing in the box office because it's a good movie. And I think why it's bombing is because people are like, why go see a movie where it doesn't matter at the end of the day? Oh, yeah. And I think that they should have just came out and said, yes, he's coming back. Yeah. We're not going to have another Shazam. Yeah, we're replacing a lot of things. Shazam is returning. Yeah. And if you would have done that, here we go. And we know Superman's the first movie, but Shazam wouldn't be a bad, uh, Shazam 3 wouldn't be a bad reboot section to go in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, we never got to see Superman's face in the Superman scene at the end of the of the first movie, so it could be the new Superman for all we know. Uh, well, uh, quick backtrack to after the whole resurrection, after Billy died, Shazam died, his when they find his body, his face is all jacked up. It's all burnt up and shit. Yeah, like like there was a huge cool scar here. I yeah. think they should have kept that. They should have kept the scar. Yeah, I agree with you. The resurrection of him. I think he should have looked how he looked, just because it just that felt a little off. And I would like to see like kind of like a grizzled 
grizzled Shazam after being reincarnated. Essentially. I'm glad you're going back because I do want to go back for one more thing before we move on. And that is, I did like a lot of the one-liner jokes. Of course, we find out that Anne is 6,000 years old, but she still kisses Freddy. <laughs> and it's funny because they go to Victor and he goes, that makes me feel a little weird about this situation. <laughs> what is with, and then the mother. And then later on with Gail Godot. Well, and then the mother's like, what is with my boys and older women? That's with the Gail Godot thing. Because <laughs> oh Wonder Woman comes back and he's trying to hit on Wonder Woman and then it cuts to Rosa and she goes, what is with my boys and older women? <laughs> it's, kind of, it's, it's really funny because obviously Wonder Woman is if you, age is old as well. If you follow the porn trends, Rosa, I understand 100%. If you were my uh, mommy, oh, <laughs> Rosa was, <laughs> my, I get it. <laughs> Once again, Victor is all of our heroes. I just want to throw that out there. So now we are done with the uh, review portion. You know what time it is. It's time to find out what the scores are from around the internet. And you know exactly how we're going to do that. Time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> that is right. It is time to play the game! Only this week's rules are going to be simple, a little different, because we have only one competitor. So the game, when we only have one competitor, is Diesel has to come in within five north or south, so ten overall, but five points above or below the actual score to get the point. If he gets three points, he wins, and he does win the title. If he doesn't, then the house wins. That means Ron retains because he is your champion coming in this week. So, Diesel, I will also give you clues because we did that for Ron when he was gone, so you do get some clues. All right, Diesel, are you ready to play the game? You mean I got to play by myself? I've been preparing for this all my life. Uh, there you go. All right, Diesel, the first one is IMDb out of 10 using points. What did they give? Uh, Shazam, I will tell you this. It is greater than 5.5. Okay. Um, I know it's not getting a great review overall. So 5.5, I, I'll go 6. I'll go for 6. You're going to go for 6, and you just missed it. It's 6.7 out of 10. Holy shit. Okay. If he would have gone up. All right. Next up, Metacritic. This is critics only. I can tell you that this is the lowest score of the bunch. It's out of 100%. It's the lowest score of everything. So it is definitely under a 6.7. We'll go 45. You're guessing 45 and... You get the point. It was 46%. Holy shit. 46%. So you got one point. Next up, Rotten Tomatoes critic score. This is the second lowest... Overall, so that means it's below a 6.7, but above a 46%. Your guess. 5.252. And you get the point. It was 53%. Holy shit. So you're rocking and rolling. You just need one more to become the champion. Next up is the Rotten Tomatoes fan score. This is the second highest. So the clue is it's higher than 6.7. 7, 72. You're saying 72 and 87%. Oh, good, good, good. Good. All right. That makes me happy that the fans are actually liking it. I knew it was getting blasted by, like, critics on this, but I liked it. Well, that means there's only one left, and that is the Google users. Your fate of whether you win or not. And I just, as I told you, is the highest score. Because I said the second was the second highest. So this is a pretty big clue. It is the highest score. As long as you come within, you'll be fine. So it's got to be higher than 87%. Uh, all right. Math uh, plus 5 to 87. We'll go 93. 93%. 93%. Diesel, you did the smart thing there. You did the math. And the math pays off because... 
Come on! <laughs> it didn't want to give you the win. You did win. You're the new champion. 91%. 91 percent there was a possibility you would have picked a bust i I was like man 87 percent is going to be a little bit too much i shouldn't have given you that much of a clue but i had already said the second highest so i was like fuck we're we're, we pinned ourselves in so i was just kind of like well then again he could guess 96 percent or 97 percent and think it's really high or you know whatever he could have just picked 87 percent and it'd have been close you still got it though all right man all right sounds good awesome Awesome. I should have, you know what I should have said for the clue for the one was it's one of the top two scores. The last two are the top two yeah. scores is what I should have said. So you wouldn't have known which one was the top. Yeah, because I probably would have gone with like an 80 something in the uh, Google users just to car- cover that base. It probably wouldn't have gone as high as the 90s. That's okay. You know what though? You deserve a win. You deserve <laughs> a break. So with that being said, we have now found at the inner score. We've given you the review. There's only one thing left for us to do and that's to give you our scores. Yeah, well... You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right. So then we're first going to give you our nerd score, followed by my critic score. And the nerd score is simple. The It's basically a recommendation score that is made up of our critic score mixed with an entertainment score. That means a movie could actually be critically bad, but if it's entertaining, it could get a higher score and vice versa. And of course, it's a recommendation because obviously we're saying it to you. My critic score is obviously just a critic score. So the nerd scale is as follows five different levels and it's gonna fall into one of the five levels. The nerd scale is a one is no. This means the movie is terrible. You should never watch it. It is just terrible. A two is you've been warned. That means it's not quite terrible, but it ain't good. So you've been warned not to watch it. A three is eh, it's good. These are the average to good films. They're not ground shaking. They're not earth changing. They're not essential. You don't need to go see them in the theater. You don't need to go and, you know, buy them and add them to your collection. But if you catch them on Netflix, you won't regret seeing it. It's going to be, you know, it's not going to be a waste of your time, but you might not watch it more than once. And if you do, it's just on the background. Uh, four is just take my money. These are the very good to great films. These are essential. These are the ones that you should go see in the theater. You should add to your collection. You're probably going to watch them more than once. They're definitely worthwhile, and you're definitely going to want to see them. And then last but certainly not least is the rarefied air. It's a five slot, and that is certified nerd. These are the instant classics. These are the movies that are that take the test of time. They're the classics. They're movies like Jaws, Jurassic Park, etc. That you know they're just legendary. You're going to want to see them. They're going to be in your collection. You're going to want to buy multiple copies. It's worth it. So, Diesel, knowing the scale, what is your nerd scale score and why for Shazam! Fury of the Gods? I actually have two scores. We're going to do my DC Extended Universe score. (laughs) This is a five out of five. This is one of the better DCEU, not counting Joker or Matt Reeves the Batman, but in the DCEU, this is one of my probably top three favorite of all the DCEU movies. Real World 3 FN... The nerds scale, we are going a solid four. I I really enjoyed this movie. If you compare it to its equivalent of Marvel being the Ant-Man of the family-friendly superhero franchise, I think this, these two movies that they've done, Zachary Levy has done, I will put against all three of the Ant-Man movies and say they did the family movie that much better. I can agree with that. So what I'm going to say is my nerd scale score, and I had wavered on this originally. I The first time I saw this movie, I did still like it. No matter what, it was going to get a three or better. I still liked it. But there was some things that bothered me a little more. I thought it was a little slow. Uh, the first two acts I thought were, were a little slow. And then the third act, it was so good that it, overco- that it compensated for the slowness of the two second two acts or first two acts i should say wow i can't talk right now uh so upon seeing it a second time which i did thankfully 
I was like, okay, the slowness didn't bother me as much. Was there still things I would have taken? Like I said to you, there's an easy 30 minutes you could shave yeah. from this film. And on top of shaving 30 minutes from this film, there's a couple other scenes you could swap and do something a little different with that would make this movie better. Once again, I'm I'm that's arm, you know, armchair quarterbacking. That's me giving out my plans for a movie that I didn't make. So that's not what I can score on. I can just say that there was a, there were some better things you could have done in the first two acts. I think that the third act was as good as it's going to get. Yeah. And I think it's one of the, honestly, I'm going to say this. I think this third act with the emotion, uh, the action isn't as much as like an end game or something, but there's still a great action scene. But with like with the emotions that go in, whether it's humor, seriousness, and then like even sadness in, in the final scene, I, I would put this as, as any final act of any fucking comic book movie any of them that we've seen i'm not saying it's going to beat them all out because it, it doesn't beat like Endgame or it doesn't beat like civil war or it doesn't but it definitely is up there in it deserves to be in that category is what i'm going to say yeah. and that's my opinion so after seeing it a second time and going okay so the first two acts were slow but they weren't as bad as i rem as i thought upon the first watching of it and on top of that Knowing how great the third act, in my opinion, was, I did come up with my score a little bit, so I'm giving it a four on the nerd scale. Show me the money! I think you should definitely see it. I definitely think they did not do themselves favors with everything that's going on, and that's why this movie's not doing well, but I think you should go see it. And on the big screen, this is definitely a movie yeah. to see on the big screen. I loved like the visuals and how big it looks. This movie was definitely made for the big screen. And as far as my critic score goes, I'm giving it a solid 7 out of 10. It's a very good film. It's just on the outside of being a 3. Uh, there is some plot holes. Uh, you know, you have to take away for some... Even though the plot armor pays off in a, in a way, it's still plot like a gigantic piece of plot armor. And, I, and, you know, I'm not a big fan of that. However, once again, it doesn't take you out of the movie. It doesn't take anything away from the movie. It just, it's kind of one of those things where there's some things that I would have done differently personally. So watching it as a film critic, what they did do, there's just a couple pieces. I'm like, eh, I can't give it a high, high score, but seven out of 10 is still a really good score. That's above average by a little, uh, by quite a bit. You know, an average film would be five, right? Yeah. That's the middle. So two <laughs> points above that's pretty damn good. You know, I, so I think a seven out of 10 is very fair. And I think this movie nailed it. Like I said, no, better than average. Very good movie. I want to call it great. It's on the cusp of greatness. Because mm -hmm. like a 7.5, 8 is where you start to get yeah. into the greatness territory. So I think it's on the cusp of greatness. There, it could have been great with a couple changes. But even what we got was very. It was a very good movie. A 7 out of 10. Of course, we always want to hear from you folks. Tell us what you think of Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Of course, if you don't want to spoil it, hit the, the emails up, which you can find on the website. But what is that email address? threefatnerdspod at gmail.com absolutely if you want to do that or if you want to talk spoiler free hit us up on those social medias and it's simple how you find the social medias and all the other links included the Patreon link T Public link and so much more is over at 3fnpodcast.com remember your one stop shop for everything the 3fn that's 3fnpodcast.com this is normally where Ron would take care of some business but since Ron is here we ain't taking care of no business so we're gonna bitch slap that fucking Harry Potter hate back into its place for yet another week uh, don't worry in a couple weeks from now for the Dungeons and Dragons uh, review it will be back however until then uh, we gotta remember there's a little sabbatical so Diesel they're gonna hear you next week because the power of us doing the show early and uh, so they're only gonna miss one week of you so do you wanna say anything to the good people since uh, this and next week are gonna be your last two weeks of uh, hearing good voice pray for Mojo pray <laughs> for Mojo 
Oh, and don't forget to pet your Tawny Catans. Ah, Tawny Catan. By the way, when we got in the car talking about Tawny Catan, uh, Whitesnake came on the radio, so it was kind of hilarious. Uh, with that, though, uh, thank you so much for listening to our review of, the, of Shazam! Fury of the Gods. We'll be back next week to celebrate the 25th anniversary of The Big Lebowski for the 3FN Movie Club review. And that'll do it for this week's 3FN Podcast. Until we speak again, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, nerds. I've been feeling like I'm